0: pretty sure I've told this story here before in the sermon but it came to mind this last week as I was preparing for this sermon when I lived in Ontario, Canada between lockdowns there was one day that I was working in a coffee shop probably because I really wanted to get out of the house and just be around people and uh, I overheard these two older gentlemen talking about American politics that's Patrick and Brian And so I made my way over to their table. I introduced myself as someone from the United States, and they invited me to sit down, and we had a long conversation about politics in the United States. And at some point, the conversation had turned to um, the topic of the church, and they were sharing experiences that they've had with church disappointments, critiques, the way that the church has failed them, and they shared that they don't consider themselves Christians or people of faith. So you can imagine how awkward it was when they asked me what I did for a living. Um, I told them I was a pastor, and eventually we kind of got over that. And uh, it was pretty interesting because we actually met a handful of times after this, pretty much just to debate. We would talk about topics that we disagreed on, not expecting anybody to change their mind, but we were just having so much fun talking about different sides of different issues. And I remember one specific conversation, one of these guys brought up the Bible. And they had a list of critiques that they had about the Bible. And he said, "And you know, it's so patriarchal, which I have wrestled with myself. And I fully understand why people hold this point of view. There's an argument to be made. But I actually have a strong conviction that it's not. That it seems like it is because of the context and the culture in which it's written. But if you read it carefully, The Bible, in these subtle ways, is poking at and critiquing what we would call the patriarchy. I have, like, a whole speech about this, okay? So um, if you want to hear it, you can find me afterwards. I give him the whole speech, and his eyes are sort of widening because, like, my intensity level is going up. (laughs) I don't think that I changed his mind about the Bible, but I could see just this little window of curiosity opening, like the wheels in his brain We're spinning, and he said, huh, I hadn't thought of it like that before. I didn't know that part of the Bible. I'm going to have to go back and read it for myself. We're going through this series called Unbelievable, and it's grounded in the unbelievable love of God, that God's love is so big and merciful and unrelenting, boundary crossing, it's surprising and hard to believe sometimes. Over and over again, in the stories of Jesus, there are observers and crowds of people that are shocked, even offended, because of who Jesus spends time with and eats with. God's love is really for them, too? Yes. And in this series, we're aiming to cover some topics about Christianity that people exploring faith or curious might have questions about, parts of our faith that at times is hard to believe. And I imagine that for many of us, these topics actually touch on questions that we have had or that we're currently wrestling with about our faith. So this morning, I have the exciting task of talking about the Bible. What about the Bible is hard to believe? And full disclosure, this sermon is different than what I would normally preach on a Sunday. And that's because I'm going to be covering questions that I hear people asking about the Bible. And I also want to say, you know, we could spend months unpacking the Bible and you might just leave with more questions. Like there's a lot to say about it and it requires a lot of nuance. So if there's something that I say that you have more questions about or you don't quite understand, let me offer this to you. First, you can always email me or find me afterwards, send me your question. I would love to have another conversation with you. But also, there's a resource that I would recommend that I've found really helpful. Megan Good is a pastor and author, and she wrote a book called The Bible Unwrapped. And not only is it thorough, but I've actually laughed out loud reading it. It's very engaging, and I found it to be really helpful. Let me say a prayer for us before we dive in to the teaching this morning. God, we invite your presence here, aware that there can be many obstacles that get in the way of hearing from you, distractions, heaviness in our heart, concerns that we carry. So I pray that you would somehow find a way through all of those to soften our hearts and speak in to us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So it seems like a good question to start with is what reason is there to read the Bible? It's a legitimate question, because not only are people reading the Bible less and less in the United States, but statistically, people are just reading less, and a lot of people are time-starved, so why should someone spend time reading the Bible? Well, there's a few things that I can say, but I think there's something about the Bible that is especially helpful for the context that we're living in. You know, we live in this world not only of information overload, but opinion overload. Like, very quickly, you could find a few reliable sources and a few convincing people on Instagram that'll try to persuade you to stand on this side of the issue and just as easily find four other sources and three other people on Instagram that have the complete opposite to say, and they're just as convincing. So it leaves us wondering, like, what is true? What is good? Who should I believe? And while trends and fads aren't new to us, it feels like they're coming and going a lot quicker than before. Something's trending on TikTok 30 days later, no one's talking about it. A year from now, nobody will remember it. And we know that social media, dating apps, AI all allow us to put our best filter forward, the highlight reel of our lives that makes us look so perfect and polished. Is it fair to say that there are aspects of life in our context that feel a little bit shallow? And so within this, I just sense a stirring desire for some ancient way of living, some wisdom that is proven tried and true, a way of navigating the complexity of life, the hard things that we face, maybe even a framework that helps us interpret and make good meaning of the events and experiences around us. A path that other people have walked. A way of making ethical decisions. There's a passage in the book of Jeremiah that touches on what I'm getting at here. Before I read it, just to give you a little bit of context. Jeremiah was a prophet. He was like a mouthpiece for God. And God had formed this group of people, Israel, with a unique and holy purpose, to live in right relationship with each other and God and show the, way, show the world the way God intended it to be. In Jeremiah's lifetime, this, it, this group of people has split into two kingdoms, the northern and southern, and Jeremiah has a role of speaking to the southern kingdom. And most of the book of Jeremiah is full of warnings. Like things are not going well because God's people have been unfaithful. They've been worshiping other gods. Their leaders are corrupt, which is resulting in injustice, oppression of foreigners, widows, orphans. Innocent people are being killed. This is not how God intended it to be. And so in Jeremiah 6, this is what Jeremiah says to God's people. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Essentially what Jeremiah is saying could be summarized like it's not too late. Things are not going well. Not going well for you, for other people. So ask for the ancient way, the old ethical traditions that you know people have followed that have proven trustworthy and reliable. To us, this word sounds like if you're lost. If you don't like who you're becoming or you don't know who you are, if you're tired of life feeling shallow, purposeless, stale, if your soul is weary and burdened, then ask for the ancient path, the good way. This is not something that so-and-so said on Instagram that resonates today and you're going to reshare it, but in five years it pops up on your memories and you kind of cringe like, oh, I thought that at one point. This is an ancient way. Maybe there's something to say about the fact that the Bible is the best-selling book year after year. That's not to say that everyone who buys it reads it, but maybe the Bible has something to offer, that there's something to the fact that people of different cultures and different contexts across different periods of time through the Bible has, have found some connection with God that the Bible have helped people walk with God, and that this is in some way has proven tried and true. So maybe the Bible does have something to offer. But here's the problem, and this is the second question. It's so hard to interpret. The context is vastly different than our own, and it seems so irrelevant, and how could it really speak to us today? How are we supposed to understand it? I talked to a friend of mine recently who's not a Christian, and they told me, "Grace, I've tried to read the Bible before, but it's boring and confusing. And honestly, I fell asleep reading it. And I don't think we talk enough about this in church. So the Bible is quite confusing. There's different genres, languages. It's not even in chronological order. Like, whose idea was that? <laughs> Can be confusing." And as much as I'm talking about like an ancient ethical tradition, a way of walking with God, the Bible's not an instruction manual. The pathway is not always so clear. It's not a paint by numbers. It's a lot of stories. The Bible itself is a story, and at times it feels strange, offensive, and irrelevant. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have something to say. Now, this isn't a perfect analogy, but I'm going to say the Bible's a little bit like Lord of the Rings. Basically, any time I can bring Lord of the Rings into a sermon, I just do. So it's a little bit like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) in the fact that the world of Lord of the Rings is so different than the world that we live in. Some people would say the Lord of the Rings is patriarchal, irrelevant. But people continue to read it and watch the movies because it has something to say to us about the human condition. It reveals something to us about good and evil, about suffering, purpose, pilgrimage, friendship, power. The Bible is kind of like that. The stories seem different, but the longer you spend time with them, they start to feel kind of familiar. Not only does the Bible reveal truth to us about our human condition and the world that we live in, it also reveals truth about God. It's stories about how people are trying to follow God, hear from God. They're talking to God. God talks back. Sometimes they misunderstand what God says and they get it wrong. It helps us live life with God. I like the way that Megan, book, Megan Good wrote this in her book, The Bible Unwrapped. The Bible tells the story of what is. It's the true story of a world where hearing is imperfect, where motives are mixed, where evil exists, where bias lingers, where good intentions can go wildly astray, and where God persists in showing up. She goes on to say that the Bible takes a much more ambitious approach to human formation than a simple book because God is not shaping us to be automated drones, but artists in the image of a master. The Bible is not just a story. It's a story that is moving us in the world somewhere. Because just as helpful as an instruction manual might be, there are many times that I wish the Bible just could just clear, put the rules, like what am I supposed to do and I'll follow it. As helpful as that might be, instruction manuals become outdated very quickly. And actually, they're not the best at speaking specifically to unique situation, diverse groups of people across different periods of time. And the Bible somehow does that. If you were to talk to someone who's been a Christian for more than five years, they would probably tell you that there are a number of stories in the Bible that they read it the first time and it meant something to them. But then 10 years later, they noticed some nuance and it meant something slightly different. The Bible has a way of doing that. There's really more that I could say here, but for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to the next question. So what about the Bible's baggage? the harm that it's caused, the problematic passages. Well, first, let me say something about the problematic passages. Just because something happens in the Bible doesn't mean God has given it like a stamp of approval. That's okay. Quite the opposite, actually. Many passages in the Bible serve as a warning, even, about what could happen when everybody does whatever they think is right, what God doesn't want, what God grieves over. So just because it happens in the Bible doesn't mean it's okay. But what about how people have twisted its meaning, used an interpretation to harm other people? You know, this last week, I had two different very experiences, very different experiences with the Bible. In one, I was talking to someone about a topic that we disagree on, and both of us are very much convinced that we are on the right side of things. But for much of the conversation, we maintained a kind of curiosity about each other's point of view. It was humble and there was mutual understanding until the other person brought in the Bible as a proof that they were right. And they had these different verses. And before they could even finish, I had like six other passages that proved my side of things and proved that their interpretation was wrong. Should I grab a different mic? do this? Yes? Okay. Can you hear me? There we go. So they had, I had proof that I was on the right side of things because of the Bible. Maybe I'm sure many of you could relate to that kind of experience. The other experience was very different. I was on a Zoom call and I was put in charge of leading a devotional. And I'll be honest, I didn't put much thought into what I was going to do at this time. I simply picked four verses out of the Bible, verses that recorded something Jesus said. And I had everyone on the call read the verses to themselves out loud and then listen with a kind of openness for what God might say and rewrite the words as if God had said them to them today. And they could use specifics from their life if that was applicable. And what was so interesting is half the people on the call shared and they all had something slightly different that they heard from God. And all of them said, this was the word that I needed. And as they were sharing, you could tell other people in the group were edified and encouraged by the word that they heard. It was like this meaning that was deeper than we would have found on our own came to light because we were in community. It's interesting to think about how different these experiences were, how the Bible was used. And I'm not saying that the Bible shouldn't influence our perspective or our thoughts on things and our politics. The question that I'm asking is how are we reading the Bible and how should we be reading it? Because if we come to the Bible looking to support our point of view or perspective that we already hold, to change someone else's mind, to make God clear, or to find simple answers to complex problems, then we're not reading it correctly. We come to the Bible to be transformed. We come to the Bible to connect with God and to learn to live in his ways. And that's not to say we don't use interpretive strategies like forget the historical context or the literary strategies or the languages. No, all those things can be helpful if the end goal is transformation. Will Willimon is a pastor and an author who's written some reflections I really appreciate. And in one of his reflections, he wrote about a woman he knew who raised about a dozen foster children despite having a very small income. And when someone asked her why she decided to do this, she said, I saw a new world coming. She saw the world that God was making. And in response, Will Willimon wrote this, to read scripture is to risk transformation, conversion, conversion an exchange of masters. Therefore, the primary interpretive question is not, do I understand this passage, but rather, how is this text attempting to convert me to Christ? The primary question is, how is this text making me more like Jesus? That's the end goal. The way that we approach and use the Bible matters. Sometimes it requires deep thought over a long period of time, meditation, a humble posture, sometimes wrestling and questions. And when you engage the text in community with a diverse group of people who have different insights to bring, you get a deeper and more full meaning. It's notable to me that in Jeremiah chapter six, it doesn't say, Ask for the ancient path and do whatever you think is right. It says, ask for the good way, the ancient path, and walk in it. Obey, become more like Jesus. The end goal of reading the Bible is always our transformation. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, but after we pray, we're going to give you some time to discuss together. As I said, there's a lot of questions that we might have about the Bible So a couple of things that you might discuss with a few people around you. What questions do you have about the Bible? What do you find unsettling or difficult about it? And can you think of a story or passage in the Bible that was meaningful for you? And if you feel comfortable, share that passage and why it was meaningful at some point in your life. Let me say a prayer for us. God, I feel just especially grateful in this moment that you are a God who is not hidden, that you continue to reveal yourself to us and you have throughout history to people who are looking for you. And I pray just in our conversations that there would be a sense of your presence, that your desire is to know us and to be known by us. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So take some time and discuss those questions together.